Hey, and welcome back to Game Talk. I'm your host, Sam and Mion. Today, I'm joined by Connor. Hey, guys. And Mike. Hello. And it comes to my attention that most of you do not listen to the end-of-episode spiel that I do. So, armed with that knowledge, I will now plug the Discord at the beginning of the show. So, <laughs> click the link in the description of this episode, or any episode for that matter, to join our Discord and chat with us about video games. Do it. Gentlemen, I would like to make a quick announcement. Go ahead. My uh, two-year-long odyssey to find a graphics card has finally come to an end. I uh, I made the PC Gamer Mecca to a micro center this weekend and was able to finally get a graphics card that I don't owe to another person. Are they that out of stock still? Yes. Uh, Uh-oh. <laughs> except 4080s. Well, no, you can get 30 series stuff now on eBay and stuff. Like, they're easier to find, but now there was newer stuff out, and I, like... No, I figure uh, the high end's out of stock right now, but if... Yeah, I'm the high... 4090s for the are out of stock. 7900 XTX is out of stock. Yeah. But Micro what, Center, a little bit of everything. Did you get, Connor? What did I the, get? The people out there? Because people have been following this story with bated breath for the past two years. I did so. purchase a Power Color Red Devil 7900 XTX. So I'm I'm very familiar with NVIDIA graphics cards, but 7900 XTX, isn't that like the... It is the top-of-the-line AMD flagship. card. Yeah, yeah. it's okay. a little yeah. cheaper than a 4080 and outperforms it on rasterization, but NVIDIA is still ahead on ray trace performance. I will say it's running great for me so far, ray trace included. Uh, Portal RTX ran pretty bad. I was running it at 1080 to get it to like a playable like high 40s to 60 frame per second. But, so did you have to like upgrade any other components to run this thing? No, like, you have the right power supply. I had the right power supply and everything, everything already. I don't actually okay. meet the power supply listed on the box, but the fifty six hundred X processor I got like sips power, so it ended up it just works fine. That's pretty hype. Yeah, I uh, yeah I was playing Spider Man Miles Morales, uh, fully maxed out, including ray tracing, and it was over sixty FPS oh, at four K. Yeah, that must have. Made your eyes bleed. Yep, it was in a good uh, way. Pretty delightful. Uh, everything else like isn't even worth mentioning. Like it's all just knocking it out of the park. I don't do a lot That's of gaming cool. at four K either. So like, mostly uh mostly on my ultra wide fourteen forty p monitor. So it's plenty for all that. And you could probably like get max frames on that thing too. Yeah. What is it? One sixty five. Yeah, one sixty five hertz on my monitor. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, man. It's, it's if cool. I don't have ray tracing on, I'm hitting that easily. Yeah, with ray tracing on, it's typically like ninety to hundred thereabout, which is what I've been doing because I I like the pretty graphics and I'm not that good at games. But yeah, congrats. I mean, like like you said, it's been a long odyssey. Yeah, it's been over it's two years. At this yeah. point, you've been you've been scammed. You've been <laughs> borrowing. You've been through all of it. So yep, you're finally here. You finally arrived. I finally did it. Yep. I just would like to thank everybody that went on this journey with me. Including, uh, what's his name that scammed you? <laughs> yeah, uh, especially him. <laughs> right. Uh, that would be uh, Bill something. Uh, he runs OG 10K Tech. Now he runs Black Swan Gaming. Uh, don't buy from those companies. I don't think anyone's going to make that mistake anymore. He will be going to prison later this year, I'm pretty sure. You want to take this opportunity to uh, dox him? Uh, no, I do not. <laughs> okay. All right, so congrats, Connor. But I think today's episode, Connor brought this up, and it seems like a 
good topic, and it's been a while. By the way, you know, a lot of tangents right off the bat. This is our first episode of 2023, so welcome to the new year, everyone. And we thought we'd kick it off with one of our traditional kind of like topic-style episodes. So the topic for today is video game grind, grinding in video games, which I don't think we've really discussed before. And since, Connor, you had the idea of discussing this today, why don't you kick things off for us? So uh, the the thing that had really made me think of this was how much fun I'm having with uh, Vampire Survivors, which is an inherently extremely grindy game, uh, versus how unfun I think the new Sea of Thieves update is in its grind. The gameplay is very fun, but uh, it does some really stupid stuff with the grind that it implements that... I don't know why. I don't know why they did it that way, and I think it's very bad. Uh, I've also been somebody to avoid grind in games. Like, I don't think... I've probably said this on the podcast before, that I don't think you should ever have to grind in an RPG. It should be possible to just fight the enemies you run into and be at the right level when you get where you're going. Right. I stand by that, but I think I think a grind in a multiplayer game can be a good thing. Like a battle pass system or something. You know, I guess you have to pay for a battle pass, but what you're basically doing is paying for something to grind towards, Right. And I think that's fine. Yeah, like Fortnite's I mean, grind feels good to me. Looking at your two examples there, I mean, like Vampire Survivors is just like that game is just made out of dopamine. It's, right? Yeah. So <laughs> the the grind feels very good. Yeah. You're just constantly being hit with dopamine. No, that's that's. Dopamine I mean, that's what they that get right is that you're constantly getting rewards for your grind. Whereas uh, Sea of Thieves introduced a grind recently. It's their PvP grind, where you do not get a single reward until you reach level 100, which takes tens of hours you don't Why? get anything along the way that's not like, a single reward that's like some korean mmo level it's grind. genuinely insane to me that it was released like that like i don't know what they were thinking i mean the, the gameplay is fun don't get me wrong and i the reward you get at level 100 is pretty good it just seems wrong to me it, it's very discouraging i'm at level 30 right now i'm a third of the way there and this this update's been out i think it came out early December, maybe late November, and I'm only a third of the way there, and I play this game a good bit, and I just, I'm exhausted, There's and the end is not in sight, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's crappy. I mean, like, I don't know, for me, I can't even remember the last time outside of, like, Maple Story, I've willingly grinded in a game. Like, I think, for me, I think getting into Souls-likes kind of eliminated grinding for me entirely. Like, I usually just, when I encounter an enemy, I'm like, all right, this is it. This is when I'm fighting this enemy. And if it crushes me, I'm just going to, like, I guess grind the enemy until I can beat it, right? Like, practice against the boss or whatever. But I never, like, go away and, like, level up and come back. I just, like, stop doing that. I do. I, th I think the most I recent know. time I complained about it on the show was probably Omori, because I think that game is, like, all immaculate but there is like one point where i had to walk away from the main quest and go just kill some enemies because i couldn't beat a boss and i i think i think i could have probably done what you did i didn't understand the battle mechanics quite properly i probably could have beaten it if i had a full understanding of what i was doing so i, I would take that criticism away from memory now i think yeah i don't know like uh after like dark souls and everything i really just gained an appreciation for like and obviously, like, not everyone has the time or the patience to do this, but, like, I, I did get an appreciation of, of, like, overcoming an insurmountable wall, right? And that wall can artificially be, like, 
chipped away at by you know like leveling up or whatever but nine times out of ten i'll just i'll just bash my head against that wall until that wall falls but that's just one kind of grind reward uh sea of thieves the reward is not like getting stronger it's just a cosmetic that i really want and yeah, uh, okay so i i've mentioned this on the show before but i just do not understand grinding for co- cosmetics maybe it's because i'm an old man i just i would never like i have no inclination to do that maybe but you also played through super mario odyssey in the default uh clothes so i did yes yeah i, did. I think that says i, I, like I think that says a lot about i don't your, like customizing my character yeah usually you're just so. not interested but i think yeah. obviously like you know mon- you know cosmetics are where most monetization lies these days in a lot of these games yeah. so i think you're the outlier there i definitely am yep but i i don't know but like the you know a game like monster hunter or vampire survivor or maple story like those games are just grind that's all there is to the game but the grind is just so fun it's it's so it's both intrinsically and extrinsically rewarding because you're getting you know, reward. yeah that that's kind of how i feel about warframe actually i was going to mention that in grind because it's just yeah, it's grind all grind. grind yeah i mean all of these mmos like warframe destiny like maple story like these games need to figure out grind, otherwise there's no game there, like, right? Like, if the game is fun, the grind is fine. Like, if I'm actively having fun while grinding, see, then it's, I don't, it's fine. I don't necessarily agree with that, because I am having fun playing Sea of Thieves, but I throw me a bone. Like, I don't want to put over 100 hours in going to... Like, and I almost think it would be more fun if there was no reward. Like, if if there was no level... Because I think I would be doing the same thing, but like the fact that the reward I want is so far out ahead of me, like it just feels like I'll never get it, and that's. I mean, do you think the award the the reward is worth it? Like, if it was a better reward, would you be more inclined to do it? No, I think that I think I don't think the reward there is the problem. I think there should be other rewards along the way because I do think the level one hundred reward is worth getting to level one hundred. It's a it's a curse that mm-hmm. lets you play as either a skeleton or a ghost, depending on which faction you're playing, and I. People have been wanting that since launch. It's extremely cool. And I that makes sense as the level 100 reward. It's just the fact that I there's nothing along the way at all. <laughs> it's just exhausting. Yeah, I don't know. Like when someone mentions grind, like like you mentioned, you know, m- multiplayer grind is probably the most popular nowadays, but the one that like immediately jumped to my mind was like RPGs, JRPGs. Yeah, and I like, typically hate those. Like I but that's mandatory grind, right? Like I, I play Halo Infinite, and when I play, I'm playing with my buddy Tyler typically, and he is grinding in a way because he wants the cosmetic rewards. I just like Halo, so I am right. I'm sidestepping that grind. I can get all my enjoyment out of the game without ever partaking in it, which I guess is true of Sea of Thieves as well. But in like an RPG, if I want to see the end of the game, oftentimes I have to grind, and that's not that's extremely frustrating to me. And like. I mean, I definitely have been sucked into, like, Battle Pass-style grinds in the past. I think the most recent example would be Rumbleverse, right? Like, when I I got pretty into Rumbleverse last year, and there was a time in my mind where I was like, okay, I'm going to max out this Battle Pass. But very quickly, that <laughs> desire goes away. Um, I don't know. I guess it's just... Uh, at the end of the day, the cosmetic rewards just aren't worth it for me. I it, it just be like more the fact that like look how much like I have the level one hundred cosmetic, which is cool, which indicates like a sort of like devotion to the game. But at the same time, it's kind of undermined by the fact that someone could just pay 
and get there. Yeah, I think that does undermine well. it a little. Yeah, I... And a lot of battle passes are structured that way. Yeah, I, I guess my problem is, like... Like, I bought the newest Fortnite battle pass. Or I, I, I didn't spend money on it. I already had V-Bucks from a past one I bought. But there was one skin in it I wanted, and it was, like, level 36 or something. I got to level 36. I'm still playing Fortnite, but I'm done with this battle pass. I don't care anymore, because I don't, like... I guess I'm somebody who doesn't... I don't think you're cool for having the max level skin. Like, that means nothing to me. I just wanted the one I thought looked cool, which is the Doom Slayer, if anybody was wondering. Right, right. So, I... Yeah, I see what you're saying, where, like, yeah, it does kind of devalue it because other people could pay to get there, but it never... That never really had any value for me in the first place, and I... I I imagine many people think that way. Yeah, I mean, like, when it comes to games like, you know, Persona 5, for example... Like, I think you can get through that game without grinding, right? Uh, like, yeah, I never did any grinding in it, and I got very near the end. Yeah. So I think J- JRPGs, that's how JRPGs should be designed. You know, like, yes, it's, I guess, maybe harder if you don't grind, but, like, it should be doable without grinding. And I know for a fact that there are J- JRPGs out there where it's it's mandatory to grind, and I'm not a fan of that. Yeah, I, especially, like, older, like, I tried to get into the early Dragon Quest games, and even the modern ones had a, like, Dragon Quest Eleven had a little bit of grinding to it. Fortunately, it, and this, this is almost like a knock to it, it had an auto battle system, so you didn't even have to be the one doing the grinding, uh, which is kind of... Then what's the point? Like, if there's an auto battle, like, why even... I mean, you got to see the monsters, I guess, but yeah, I agree, like, what was the point? And I will say... It gets a bit of a pass, in my opinion, because there is actually a kind of fun way to optimize the grind that I don't want to spoil for people, but there's a way to get, like, certain monsters to appear, and then when you kill them, you get, like, a boatload of EXP and can grind very quickly, like, max level in, like, an hour, maybe two hours, and I I think that's neat mechanically, but I still do wonder, like... Maybe maybe for like extra stuff you can leave that in, but I I would like to have been able to beat the base game without grinding at all. Yeah. Because at that point, like at some point, I guess grinding becomes a weird one-way difficulty slider where like once you get over-leveled, it's not really fun anymore and there's no way to make yourself weaker, but also being too weak isn't very fun either. Yeah, I mean like I think it's it really is all an exercise in dopamine management, you know? Yeah. The best the best grinds are designed with that in mind. Like with Maple Story, I know like that's an example I keep returning to, but that's the most prominent example of grind I can think of that I participate in. Like I level up a character during a burning event, which means like you level two times every one time you level, right? So that's, you know, even more dopamine, right? But like I level up that character to roughly like one fifty ish. And that's sort of the point where like it actually takes effort to start leveling (laughs) for lack of a better term and then i just sort of feel done like nine times out of ten like sometimes i do push beyond but like i've definitely had the majority of my fun at that point yeah um another example of grind that isn't like dopamine heavy that i really like is monster hunter where like it's it's still a grind but like you're fighting the same monster over and over because you need parts to build your armor often but just because you're fighting the same monster, the game's mechanics are diverse enough that, like, not every fight is going to be exactly the same. And so I think that makes it a more fun... But it is still inherently, like, an extremely grindy game. It is, like, 
the game has one trick. The one trick is like cool boss fights, and you're just doing them over and over and over. So it is inherently grind. Yeah, but I, yeah, you know, I can fight the same monster back to back a few rounds in Monster Hunter and still have a very good time. I definitely feel like my patience for grinding has pretty much expired as as, as I've like, oh, mine, gotten older. Mine's gone. Right? Like, like like everybody that remember... wants EXP share to be gone in Pokemon. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like absolutely i remember when i was little right like pokemon was actually going to be my example i used to like for no reason right like i'd used to just like level everyone up to 100 and and there was really no point in doing that right yeah i know i've never done it i when i was a kid in pokemon i ran from every wild battle and i was always cripplingly under leveled for everything (laughs) but yeah at this point i see i mean like i guess there is a sort of i guess comfort or like zen like state that can be found in doing such a thing but like I don't know. Now that I'm older than I was back then, like I just, I just don't have the patience. Like I don't really care. Like once I finished Pokemon, uh, oh my god, I'm drawing a blank. What were the latest ones called? Scarlet and Violet. Scarlet and Violet. Once I finished Violet, like once I beat the Elite Four and I did Area Zero or whatever, I was just done. Like once I saw the credits, right? Like I didn't really even touch the post game. Like I might one of these days, but like, I bet you'll be back for the DLC. Yeah, probably. Although I didn't really. I only like dip my toe in the Sword and Shield DLC, but I never pay- I never got it. I never beat Sword and Shield. Yeah, um I don't know. Like it's just not there's just not enough time anymore to to do that, I feel like. Well, I think and yeah. or my intention span isn't as long, maybe. Yeah, it's funny how much I I loathe character progression grind like in RPGs and stuff, whereas I like there's something extremely satisfying to me about a personal grind like Spelunky where it is you know you're throwing yourself at the same brick wall over and over but just getting a little farther each time i would say that's also a grind uh where you're learning more about the game and just getting a little bit better but the the intrinsic like personal growth of that feel and much like dark souls like you were saying you would rather literally grind your skill at the game than grind your character and that that just feels extremely good. And, I, you know, even in real life, you'll see grinds. Like, people like working out. Like, there's something very satisfying about seeing the amount of weight you can pick up go up. So, and Man, I, yeah. those grinds are, you know, I love those. Yeah. I, Mike, do you have any examples? For a grind? Uh, Warframe. Yeah. I mean, Battle Pass is a grind literally everywhere now. If a game, AAA game that comes out in the next, like, five, I want to say two years, doesn't have a battle pass, is it even a AAA game at this point? I mean, I don't Sony know. doesn't put out I a mean, lot like, of battle passes. I was going to say, if a Sony's AAA multiplayer one... game comes out, a correction. I don't think right, they're in the yeah. wrong, though. Like, I don't know. It just feels really weird that every game has a battle pass, and my biggest bugbear with battle passes is actually Overwatch 2 right now. And to uh, a yeah. lesser extent, Gundam Evolution, but like, I don't have a. Yeah, you you continue. Sorry. the The thing about a battle pass is it's meant to be cosmetic rewards, and just there should be no pressure to buy it. But Overwatch is putting actual characters in the battle pass that you have oh, to grind for. That's terrible. Their newest characters are a grind. I hate that. It's, no, yeah, and and like you're saying, I think unless um, you pay for the battle pass, then they're not a grind. I don't have a problem with the battle pass like when it's good like the Fortnite battle pass in my opinion not only adds the rewards but makes the game more fun because it gives you little side objectives to go do 
and I think that's great. I you think battle passes. Uh, like, you know it's bad when Overwatch's battle pass makes me wish it still had loot boxes. Yeah, really. And like I hate the battle pass in um oh Fall Guys. I think it's I think it's very poorly implemented because it's just points. Like it's literally just yeah. play. You know, it's it's telling me like, hey, do that thing you already wanted to do because the game is fun. Except now, like, we're tracking your progress on it. I don't like that so much. I think my least favorite thing about Battle Passes is that you can't go back and do an old Battle Pass. Once it's gone, it's gone. That content is lost forever. Yeah, I think Halo Infinite didn't time lock their Battle Passes. I think uh, Halo Infinite, you can go back to a previous Battle Pass at any time. Which I... It's consumer friendly. Yeah, it forces addiction to a game to be like, I need to keep playing this game... Or yeah, else they, I'm going to miss out on this battle FOMO. pass. Yeah. It's FOMO. Yeah. It's, yeah. Fear, yeah. For, for those uninitiated, fear of missing out is a common... I mean, if you've ever seen a sale and thought, you know, I need to buy this today because it's going to be more expensive tomorrow, that's FOMO. Yeah. And, it's... I don't know, man. Uh, what I will say is the most fun I've ever had with a multiplayer game is Halo 3, and that game had no battle pass. Yeah, yeah for but, sure. So. Battle passes just make me want to play the game more, but not for the reason that I want to play games, just because I would need to complete the battle pass because I'm going to lose out on the $10 I spent. I think that's that's what's frustrating me so much about Sea of Thieves and their new grind that I really don't like is that it has a bunch of examples of pretty good grind. And what I think is so great about them is that I finished a lot of those grinds without even knowing they were there. Like it was just stuff in the game that I wanted to do. And over time, just messing around in the sandbox, I looked and I was like, hey, I've already almost finished this. I'm going to focus on it for a bit so that I can get the reward at the end. And I think that's great. And I got rewards along the way on all of those. And just just for messing around in the sandbox. But then they released this very, very focused PvP grind where like, if you are doing this grind, you almost certainly cannot be doing anything else. And... There are no rewards for a hundred hours. <laughs> See, that's wild, man. Yeah. Like the way Warframe does their grind is that it actually limits you on how much stand you can get with each of the open worlds in a day. So like two, three, four missions, depending on how high of a what a, an honor rank or whatever it is. I can't remember the name of the ranks anymore. Is how much stand you can gain in a day. Then you have to come back the next day when the servers reset. So yep. it limits your grind for a day. Once you do, you're standing worth a grind, which you can do in maybe an hour. You don't have to play the game again. There's actually a really fun, things. famous uh, game development story about that with World of Warcraft. They uh, they actually like looked and they thought, people are playing our game too long every day. And they uh, put in a system to limit how much EXP you got after a certain amount of time. And obviously the players hated that because uh, they felt like they were having something taken away from them. So they uh, they went in, they didn't change the numbers pretty much at all as the story goes. But instead of wording it as the EXP decreasing after a certain amount of time, they changed it that you got bonus EXP for the first hour of play, I think it That's was. That's so funny. Yeah, and the numbers were exactly the same or, or at least very similar, but players didn't hate it anymore because it was being presented as a bonus for logging in that day. Right. Like, the, you can cut down on the amount of people sit and grind by just telling them that, that that's enough. You don't need to play the game anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I think Fortnite has a pretty good system for that in their Battle Pass where uh, the first three missions you do of the day are worth significantly more EXP than anything after that. 
Uh, I don't know if it does that for the weeklies, but I know the first three dailies you do, you get way more. And so like typically, and you can knock those out in one game if you're like focusing on them. So that's typically what I'll do if I don't, uh, if I'm not actually wanting to sit down and play a bunch of it and I want to unlock something in the battle pass, I'll log in, do my three missions and one or two games and then call it a day. And like, I don't know, that doesn't feel too bad. I guess they're still like using addictive tendency to make me turn on the game once a day, but it's not it, as bad. Yeah, it feels like they respect my time to a certain yeah. extent. I mean, even, like, the worst part about it is even, like, AAA non-multiplayer games will throw grind in, like, an open world just because they want it there. They want you to play their game for seven, 600, 700 hours. Yeah, and I'm definitely... And the, 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 the copy-pasted content in open worlds, that's unacceptable. Open yeah. world games are to me. so yeah. bad right now. Because there's just... You get, like, one or two good ones a year, and then the rest of them is just... Hey, go here, do thing, go to next thing, do the same thing you did. I mean, even Breath My of the Wild had like, like, yeah, it had like ahead. 20 tests of strength or whatever, and those just shouldn't have been in the game. Like, yeah. they, honestly, the game would have just been content. better without those shrines at all, in my opinion. I think we're finally reaching uh, critical mass for open world games, and they're going to start to disappear. Yeah, I, I mean, I think they and have. Hopefully, they do. Yeah, I think yeah. we reached that critical mass like a few years ago. Honestly, like we, like there, there was a period of time, you know, in like maybe the mid to late 2010s, where like everyone was making open world games and only open world games. And now I think we're seeing a lot more diversity. Yeah, we're like seeing more focused games. Fatigued on that. I think it's also a part great, of that is, but it's so expensive to build an open world now. Oh yeah. I mean, Valheim's open world's great, but then again, it's a procedurally generated open world, so... Yeah, I don't even... I uh, Once you're into procedural generation, I don't know, like, I'm not going to call Minecraft an open world game. Like, yeah, that's where the... I, I think procedural generation's where the fun is, because you can... you It's the joy of finding things, more or less, than just going there to do a generic activity. Uh, yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, like, you still get the joy of finding things in, like, designed open worlds. As long as you're Elden not on the Ring internet. And Breath of the Wild. But, like, even those two examples, which are the two best open world games I've ever played, have copy pasted content. Yeah. Which is, I think, a problem. But, because, like, I think at a certain point when you're developing an open world, you just think you have to, you have to fill it up with things to do, which isn't necessarily wrong, but, like, maybe then give it the time that you need to to get unique stuff in there rather than copy paste like bosses or dungeons or whatever i mean the ballooning cost of games could be solved by just making them smaller i agree with that to an extent yeah i i it is more complicated than that because like a lot of the stuff i complain about that um like stuff that should get left on the cutting room floor in games like how i think maybe you know if you couldn't get the puzzles right in god of war you shouldn't have put them in at all i think that's a bitter pill to swallow because they probably didn't know they were bad until they were already done. Like, yeah, I think it, <laughs> we're getting we're getting massive feature creep in a triple in the triple A sphere, but there's nothing you can do to stop it because there's a lot of money in that sphere. Yeah, and that you know that, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, like that kind of like spirals into a different discussion, but like you know, I think it is a discussion worth having. Oh, like yeah. Jason Schreier, you know arguably the man with the most like inside knowledge on the gaming industry just like by virtue of who he has access to like he's been saying over and over again that AAA gaming is heading for a massive crash because it is completely unsustainable as it is right now 
and something needs to be done. You know, like he said, uh, what did he say? Like he said, like towards the end of 2022, that if a AAA game started development right now for a PS5 and Xbox Series X or started development like right now, like started, it would not be released until the next console cycle. Yeah. Which is an absurd thing to think about. Like, I've noticed that some of my more favorite games in like the last three, four years have been smaller games, indie little indie games. Even like double A games, not even full triple A releases. Yeah, and I think a part of I that... definitely have an appreciation for that, but like I mean, you know me, right? Like Elden Ring was my favorite game last or, year, so I can't really say or call that a small alternately, game. Alternately, triple A releases that launched like seven years ago that I'm finally playing because well, they're now affordable. My favorite two games that came out last year were like Elden Ring and Tunic, and both of them like I think Tunic polar opposites. Tu- well, I don't know about that. Well, because tu- I mean, in terms of I guess scope in terms of team size and scope. Yeah. yeah. But like tunic also took like over five years to make. I'm pretty sure. Like even indie games, you know, don't necessarily come quick. Uh, Omori took like five or seven years to make. I think like it it really That's crazy. Yeah. I know. I know Omori took long enough to make that. uh, People thought it was going to be like uh, vaporware. People didn't think it was ever going to come out. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i mean seven years that's like nothing should take seven years to make that's that's insane uh, but i feel like i i do not doubt elder scroll six will have been in development for seven years before it comes out like yeah i mean like is it even in development right now that's a i i can't imagine worth asking on some level yeah. like maybe like, maybe it's, it's just writing level, but a very beginning level maybe development cycles are so long now like people this is why you announce a game now like a triple a game and people are like why hasn't it come out yet for seven years yeah i mean this is like like, it's probably not even in production yet this is a problem that's relatively recent right like it wasn't too long ago like early 2010s where we were getting triple a games like every two three years like that that was put in development and three years later games out like yeah, yeah, but now, like, it's just, you know, like, even a <laughs> sequel, like, let me use God of War as a AAA example, right? God of War came out in 2018. Its sequel, uh, which ran on the same engine, used a lot of the same assets, right, was also a PS4 game largely, right, that got, like, upgrades for PS5, took four-plus years to make. Yeah, Tears of the which, Kingdom as know, well, you know, I mean... Yeah, Tears of the Kingdom, same situation. It's, be, it's right? going to have been like, almost six engine. years. Yeah. It's it's getting yeah, that's it's, I, I think that's why and this is still grind related too, because in a way the game developers are now grinding. Yeah. So like they always were point. though. It, yeah. It's the reason why uh all of our games are so buggy on launch now, is because the the publisher just has to put them out and put something out well, that, to that's make money that... back because they've been in development for seven or eight years now. That's something that's kind of worn me out. I have a friend who, like, a bunch of games that we like to play have, like, gotten significant updates. But he's like, ah, I don't know if I want to jump back in because, like, we don't have, uh, you know, I want a sequel. I don't want to expand the game we have. But, like, the the amount of development time that it would take to, like, yeah. make a ground-up sequel versus, like, a live service game, which is what they are. I mean, I just want to say, like, to your friend here, 
he better get uh, used to the idea yeah. of expanding games because that is the way forward for the AAA space, at least. Like, I mean, but you there's also no like, way sequels upon sequels upon sequels can we're come done out with these five, that. six, seven year dev cycles. You know? and, and I think again, the only one not... who has managed to keep their dev cycle short is Call of Duty, and that's yeah. because they don't iterate anymore. Yeah, I mean, that's because they have three plus studios with like God knows how many satellite studios working on those. All games, of Activision. You know? so. And I also have, like, the contrasting examples of, like, like I've mentioned before on this episode already, Sea of Thieves is, like, held together by duct tape. Yeah, I think that game could really benefit from, like, a start-from-scratch sequel so that they can, like, address some of the colossal technical debt that they have. Like, you know, those servers barely work. It has huge issues with the combat and stuff. Stuff that could be fixed in a sequel, but, you know, realistically will not be fixed in future updates. Versus something like Fortnite, which is unrecognizable from its, like, original iteration. Like, yeah. I mean, I guess they, that was an early access game, but, like, they've literally switched to a new engine. That's running on, un- it's one of the only games out right now on Unreal 5. It has all this fancy new technology. And I think it they looks- built it to be expanded pretty easily as well. Yeah, but it's, like, one of the most beautiful games out right now. And when Fortnite came out, it was ugly. Like, yeah. <laughs> like you, you- Eventually, as a game ages, it'll get to the point where the engine just can't keep up anymore. Look at League of Legends. It's look at Minecraft Java Edition. Yeah. Like your League of Legends against... is an eleven or twelve, thirteen year old game, and the, it shows the client barely runs most of the time because it's and held some together games by release in that state. Halo yeah. Infinite released like already pushing up against weird limitations that they ran into in development. It's. Like, I feel like after a live service game goes on for long enough, you just need to take it down to eat the eat the loss and just rewrite the engine because it's technology moves forward and eventually it's just not going to work as the way you want it to do anymore. Yeah, I don't... you're going on esoteric levels of code now that haven't been touched by another human being in 11 years. I'm arguing semantics and I know that. I don't know that engine, like, I don't know that you need to go down to, like, the graphics pipeline and rewrite stuff, but, like, I agree with what you're saying where, like, the game code, like, start from scratch, make it work with all, you know, the current feature set. I agree with you there. Yeah. Like, it... Plus, as new technologies get developed, right, like, you might not be able to harness those technologies completely without, you know, starting with a new entry. Right. I, I'm I'm already dreading. I don't know if we talked about this on the show yet, but Returnal is coming to PC, and it's recommended specs. Yeah, it wants 32 <laughs> gigs of RAM. God, that's in order so much. To, in order to kind of emulate the the PS5 SSD, SSD loading, because you yeah. can't assume a PC has an SSD right now. And the problem with that is like direct storage exists. Like that's the PC equivalent of the. Uh, uh, the the PS5's quick loading stuff and it it exists and there are games in development with it right now but likely Returnal either didn't get access to that yet because it's still new technology or de- started development too early and didn't have access to it and now it's just this game that's gonna like gonna never really RAM. work because <laughs> like, I 32 gigs of RAM is an absurd ask I don't have that like, like and that's the recommended like that's well, that's not the minimum. Yeah. The minimum is 16. The recommended is the higher of the two. Because I think the way they're doing it is they're offloading all the data that they need to load yeah, from the SSD into RAM and just and running the game off RAM. 
that's also going to defeat the purpose in many ways because it's going to take so long to put all that in in RAM that you're going to be sitting through this colossal <laughs> load like time GTA at the beginning. GTA level loading screen. No, I can't say for sure that that's in. true, but like with with my limited knowledge of like any of this, that that's what I suspect is going to happen. It's a clever solution. Yeah, I, I, I'm remembering my time playing Returnal, and it, I I feel like the load times were like non-existent. Yeah, and so I just don't think that's think how it's that going to be on PC. The goal. Yeah, but, yeah, but we'll I think there's going to be like a fat load time at, when you launch the game to get it all in RAM. And then you're going to be okay after that. I don't know. We'll see. And maybe it will get direct storage. I don't know how like huge a rewrite of your game it would take to implement direct storage because I don't, that's not the kind of game I make. <laughs> so I do feel like it's going to be, it's going to be painful this generation being ported to PC just like it was to what? 10 15 years ago when yeah if we ever start getting 60 if we ever start getting actual ps5 exclusives yeah it's going to be pretty painful oh yeah it, i mean yeah. yeah returnal might be the uh the harbinger of that yeah if we ever get ratchet but and like, flank it's gonna all have the that same being problem. said all that being said play returnal it's like oh i'm going to there's no i might buy another 16 gigs of ram to play Returnal. yeah i'll play i'll buy another 16 gigs of ram for it but ram's not yeah well ram's actually a little expensive right now but that's okay the a lot of people don't remember that 15-ish years ago, when a game released from console to PC, it was a garbage fire every time. I mean, look at Dark Souls. I mean, I think, I mean, we're still seeing a lot of that. Let's be real. Like, yeah. Oh my God, Elden Ring. Elden Ring. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would. I, this this is a good opportunity to report that Callisto even on Protocol my even on my new graphics well, card, Elden Ring runs terribly. <laughs> God, how do they mess that up? The fact of the matter is, for a lot of these games that release on both PC and console, PC, unfortunately, is the afterthought. Yeah. yeah. That was the actually... The majority of the audience is on console. Battlefield... And that's changing a little bit. PC is becoming very popular lately. Especially... growing. I mean, yeah. the Steam Deck, I think, sold a million units. Like... And that's and Steam PC. keeps... It seem, seemingly every month, Steam announces, like, a new concurrent, like, record. Yeah. So... There are a lot of people playing games on PC. The question is, like, how many of those people are playing console level games on pc versus like league of legends which is a fairly light game right yeah like so. the, the thing about pc and its growth is that it's largely driven by just there's no there's parody now you boot up a console and you have to deal with the same things you dealt with on pc for years that's true it's not plug like, and play anymore yeah that argument's gone now you can't just plug in your playstation 2 put a disc in and it runs now you gotta wait for your ps5 to load a system update the game update and make sure it's connected to the internet and and a lot of like, people aren't buying discs anymore either. Yeah, yeah, it's that parody's gone. Or but I, I we I don't know. I remember like perf- like being very excited because Battlefield Three was a PC first game. God, and that that was huge. That was in like 2012 or something. And uh, oh yeah, games didn't get developed. Like they were either PC exclusive and they didn't come to console. Or they were kind of sloppy console ports a lot of the time back then, like you were saying. But Battlefield 3, no. Like, Battlefield was a PC-first franchise, and it got ported to console after. And it, and it ran well on PC. You could tell ran, it was designed. Ran extreme. I mean, it. if you played Battlefield 3 on the Xbox 360 or PS3, you got a significantly watered-down experience because that was the first Battlefield to allow 64-player matches and console didn't have it, but obviously yeah. the maps were all designed for sixty-four people. So if you're on console, yeah. you're running around on empty wasteland. It was, it was uh, not, not very great. fun. Yeah. And <laughs> then once you friends. got into four, because I played it on console, it was not that fun. But then yeah. you get the four where on the next, the new 
the last gen now. God, I feel old. (laughs) The last gen consoles, they could run on 64 players. And it was, it was like a whole new experience. Some of those small maps were absolute chaos. Yeah. I want, I want Returnal to be good on PC really bad. (laughs) I want Battlefield to be good again. (laughs) Yeah, well. I'm sure Returnal will be good. Yeah. They seem to be hyping up that release a lot, so. That's uh, that's another man. thing that 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 brings me back to our our topic of the day grind. I was gonna say we got yeah we, got we, we went on some tangents track. but we we brought it back. I I think I don't like extrinsic grind rewards in roguelikes very much. Like hate is something that turned me off of Hades, even though everybody else loved it. And I don't think that they're wrong for doing it. It just made me like it a little less. Was that your max HP goes up and like like those sorts of rewards and things. I, when I see such a good opportunity for intrinsic, like for me to grow, I don't want my character to grow at the same time, I guess is what I'm saying. And I feel that a little bit in Vampire Survivors, but that game is not, it's not really the same. Like, yeah, Vampire Survivors is its own beast for yeah, sure. I, even calling it a roguelike doesn't really feel right because it's more, it's more an arcade game. Like, it definitely. Oh my god! Could you imagine a Vampire Survivors like arcade? Oh machine? my god! If they put that in a Starport, I'd be popping off. It, it, all be... it would need is a joystick. Like, yeah, yeah, that would be perfect. I've been playing that on my phone, by the way. That mobile port is incredible and free. So, you know what? You know what's wild? I still have not played it. Really? I've watched so many runs. I, I highly recommend you play. It. It. I've never watched a run of it. I thought it looked so boring. I, I but I was like doing. I don't know. I, it was like on a lot of people's game I of mean, the year list. So. NL's got that magic ability to make any game look. Or it, it, maybe it's not the game, but he has the ability to entertain while doing anything. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know, man. I've not been watching him play Marvel Midnight Suns. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, me neither. I have no interest in that game. I mean, like, uh, uh, apparently it has like Persona esque, like social. Oh yeah, stuff, I think I would enjoy the game. I just don't really me, enjoy. But like, like, it gets in the way of his banter. I feel like when he plays a story game. Yeah. Um. One one point I did want to bring up for grind. Um. Maybe the last point here, <laughs> but like the idea of respecting the grind, right? Like, and a story I have for this is that. Um, Back when I was heavy into Destiny 2, right? So you have the Crucible, which for anyone who doesn't know is like multiplayer, right? Like Slayer and Control and all of that. And then there's a ranked version of Crucible, right? And certain guns and weapons and stuff are locked behind attaining like the highest rank, highest possible rank in ranked Crucible. So not only do you have to put a lot of time in, you have to actually get better at the game to achieve this extremely like unique and prestigious reward is one of those the telesta uh one of them might have been the one i'm specifically remembering from when i was into destiny like a couple years ago it was a handgun called not forgotten and like i remember like back when i was heavy into destiny i was in a clan like i had friends playing this game every day i had a subsect of friends who were super like grinding multiplayer rank every day to try and get this gun. Like, I'm talking, like, 100-plus hours, right? And they finally get this gun, right? Which is a huge achievement, right? It shows that they're not only put in the time, but they their skill is now equivalent to that of, like, a master at Destiny gunplay, right? Like So, like, it it, it, is, it very much is a symbol of their... And that's like such a skill at the game. That's such a cool way to really merge cool. the uh, the personal and character growth. 
I, I actually really like that. Are you ready for the plot twist? I am. No, they didn't sell uh, it. No. Less than a year later, they made that gun viable. No. <laughs> not not through not through real money, through like in-game money, and it wasn't even that expensive. Okay, that's so like it instantly became worthless. I which is hilarious to me, and like really sad because like I had friends who put in significant amounts of time and energy into getting that gun. This is gonna, and I feel like yeah, this is gonna be a hot take. I think it's okay for guns like that to only be attainable for a certain amount of time. Like, Yeah, I agree. No, that's that's totally my stance. I think like, it's cool to gun, have a cosmetic that is, like, semi-unique to you because you did a very cool thing. Like, Yeah, I, I feel like that gun should have been locked behind that multiplayer rank, like, forever, right? Like, I get that, like, as the meta evolves, certain things become obsolete, but, like, that's probably my biggest problem with Destiny at the moment is that, like, nothing seems like it really matters, right? No, that... Because in a few a few months or so, there's a new set of guns, there's a new set of armor, there's new skills or whatever, and whatever you were doing at the time is rendered pointless. So, like, what's the point? It's you the know, in a game like that, In a game like that, yeah, especially for that kind of gun, right? Like, they could have done it with, like, more PvE-related weapons, but especially for, like, something like Not Forgotten, to have that just, like, be, like, a gun that you can just buy from a vendor, just roll up, like, in a PvE area and buy it. It's just like, what? Yeah. Like, really? That sucks. That sucks so bad. That's, yeah, that sucks. And I, I do think that's... At least how I see Destiny currently, like, that seems to be an issue with the game, where it just seems like, what is the point? But you can, like, right? like if you're going to keep doing that. You can get yourself into such a predicament with that, though. Like, to mention Sea of Thieves again, a lot of Right, pe- I mean, it's a it's a double-edged sword, right? Because then it's like a balancing nightmare. Like, you can't yeah. balance, like, t- like 10,000 guns at once, of course, right? Like, but, like... Even if the gun isn't relevant in the meta anymore, it could still be like a relic yeah. of like an achievement like a, you a made. A trophy, right? like, yeah. Like, yeah. So, yeah. I don't know, man. I just thought that was a really dumb thing for Bungie to do. That's that's the thing. Sea of Thieves. Like a lot of people are saying, like, hey, you should make it level fifty instead. And part of me agrees with that. But then, how do you like compensate the people that got to level one hundred? Like the people that you know ate their vegetables, the people that did it. How do they? You know, are you yeah. just slapping them in the face? Like, hey, you did all this work for nothing? Like, I don't know. That, I mean, that's why uh, I think Bungie, the solution... Bungie definitely did. Yeah, and I hate that. I That sucks, because I, I definitely... I was I was into an old game called Mabinogi, and I loved, like... It, it had something called titles, which were kind of like achievements you could equip to the end of your name. And uh, I had one for, like, being in the beta of that game. And, like, if I play it today, nobody has that. Like, I am, I never see anyone else with it. And everybody's like, wow, how do you have that and be so bad at this game? And I'm like, haha, you don't have to be good at things to be old. <laughs> like, right, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe Bungie could learn a lesson or two. Yeah, I, I think, I think in some situations, like, limited time stuff is okay for that. Cause I think it's cool to get your community. It, I don't know. But it it goes beyond limited time. Like, why gate it behind such, like, you... It was skill-gated, right? Like, you had to actually get better at the game and put in, like, dozens, if not hundreds of hours to get this gun. And then you just give it away. Just, yeah. It's it's like... That sucks It is is such a slap in the face. Yeah. I Yeah, I'd be very upset. Yeah, I think... 
the grind has to be respected. If someone's willing to put in the time and the effort to do something, the award should be like commensurate with that. And it should stay that way and not be revoked like six months later. I can't believe we got through this episode without talking about RuneScape. Oh, what do you have to say about RuneScape? Nothing. It's just the most atrocious grind of the all most time. Grindy the game most of diabolically all time. grindy yeah. game of all yeah. time. Okay, so you all remember Ranga. He's been on the show a few times, <laughs> yeah. right? Like he he's super into RuneScape, right? And he tells me like when he hits like level like I don't know, what was it? Like 93 on one of his stats. He's like, "Oh, he's almost I'm halfway, halfway to, to level." <laughs> yeah, I'm like halfway to like 99 now. I'm halfway to maximum. Like, dude, you're like a crazy sick. Person. Sick in the head. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's like, "When it when it all gets maxed out, that's when the game really starts." I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to know what that game is. Twenty thousand hours in. <laughs> yeah, it's just ridiculous. Ugh. But yeah. All right. Do we want to get into what we're playing? I do. Oh yeah. All right, Mike. You have like many, right? So I, I have. I have only one I really want to talk about, unless we want to stretch it out into two. But I've got the two one I kind of want to talk about, but one's short. Yeah, the one I want right. to talk about mo- mainly is uh, the Rift Breaker. I haven't heard of this. Uh, it's, it's like Factorio if they cut out all the boring built building aspects and just got straight to the tower defense. Oh, so it's a tower defense game. (laughs) No, it's, it's also a resource acquisition game. Like I still have to expand outwards and grab more of the, the, like the four or five resources and build up my, my production to actually stay viable. But there's a bigger emphasis on combat and, uh, interesting tower defense. I'm looking it up right now. Uh, one of the key things that I like about it is I don't have to worry about belting resources. Once they're produced, they go, they're teleported. I like the way so this I game looks. Don't have to worry about it. Yeah, tower defense is like one of those genres where I always think I'll be into it, and I never actually try it out. <laughs> it's it's a little bit of a little bit of factory building, a little bit of tower defense, a lot of uh, expanding. Yeah. And a little bit of a little bit of RPG mechanics in there, like you actually have to craft weapons for your robot to be able to kill massive amounts of creatures while you're expanding and taking more, uh, more, more resources. I do like. The, I don't know. I like the look of this. I might have to check it out. I've had a lot of fun with it. I want to say I saw it on Game Pass too. Is that right? Nina? Maybe I don't know. I'll look later. Who publishes it? It it does say similar to games you played Factory on Satisfactory on Steam. So Yeah. You got me. Yeah, it run it it plays really well and it and it kinda cuts out all the all the really logistical thinking I have to do for Satisfactory and Factorio. Which sometimes I just wanna go out and expand my expand and exploit. I don't wanna have to think about how I'm gonna route it all back. That's yeah, that's fair. Yeah. yeah, the Riftbreaker PC, it is included on Game Pass. I'm going to go ahead and install this bad boy, see if I can play it a little later. Yeah, I've really, there you I've go. really enjoyed That's it. That's why we have this section. I've been thinking of how to describe it, and I really did just settle on it's Factorio, but without all the elements that I really don't enjoy. Yeah. I, there's a lot of value in that, because there, oh, yeah. there are some parts of Factorio that are a slog like, to get through. A grind, really, one might say. I really don't enjoy just building massive amounts of belts and then rethinking all my decisions because it gives me like paralysis of I got to do this optimally or else I'm going to have to redo it eventually. Yeah. Which, I, uh, I always eventually just like decide like, eh, optimization only matters to a certain extent. 
I, I actually like my uh I, I think of what work would tell me, which is like, uh, I don't know, man. Sometimes developer time is worth more than optimization. <laughs> yeah, this this game it, it also emphasizes combat, which is actually a lot of fun to play through. Yeah. But yeah, that's really all I have to say about it. How many hours have I put into it already? Seven and a half of seven point two hours ish. And I'm not even through the campaign yet. Uh, Connor, do you want to go next? I would like to go next. I have been playing, uh, drumroll please, Disco Elysium. Oh. Uh, it's fine. How far are you? <laughs> it's fine. It's fine? You're not into it? I really, really don't like point and click games. I'm going to see this one through because people like it so much. And the writing and voice acting are incredible. But oh my god, is the beginning boring like books level boring like it's it's just so much I remember what happens during the beginning it's just so much reading and your character walks so slowly and it's just like this is also just my like my personal bugbear which is like i don't like point and click games i just i hate that style of control i don't think i play pointing i don't i think Disco Elysium might be like the only point and click game I've ever played, it, but like it's definitely like very much a point and click adventure, and it has like some of the trappings. It doesn't have any of the like stupid nonsense puzzles yet, and I I don't think it's going to. I think it is intelligently. It, it's more interested in telling a story than making me solve a puzzle. So far, it seems like, and I, and I do like. I think the writing is good. I just I'm gonna. It's a game that I'm gonna have to wait to be in the right mood for because point and click is very hard for me. And I will probably talk about it again once I finish it. But man, is yeah. I mean, that game left such a strong impression on me. Yeah, like, like I, I loved my time with that game. I, I did like I played like two hours of it, and I was like, God, I hope this game is not more than ten hours long. And I looked up time to beat, and it was like twenty two hours. And I like kind of grit my teeth and was like, I'm doing it. But oh man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you don't like it, you don't like it. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I feel like it's one of those things where I just haven't. <sighs> it's making me eat my vegetables like it just hasn't gotten good yet like because i do like the world they're building i think it's interesting i like the story the narrative like i yeah, like because like the whole like lore really gripped me too like the revishal and like what was happening to the world and how your character fits into that and like it got to the point where i was like actively just reading up on all of this stuff in the game yeah and i like uh, the lieutenant i don't know it got it it's it's hooks in me yeah i'm just I don't know. I'm I'm at least going to give it another play session to see if I can get a little more into it. But it, it started I think you I think it it'll click with you. Yeah. I think you just need to wait for that moment, but I think it'll come. Yeah. But I That's did I guess. did play like how many hours? At least 2. I've played at least 2 hours of it. Okay. So Yeah, do you uh, I, I guess yeah, and do it, you want to tell me how far you are? I just Spoilers. now knocked the body down, I think. I okay. I managed, so you're still kind of yeah. Like I'm very in the early. Beginning area. Yeah. I, yeah. I have 106 minutes in it, and I went to the bathroom at least once. So you can <laughs> cut off like yeah, a few of those. Minutes. I mean, another another really cool thing about that game is that it, there's so many like winding paths that all. I, I did get a game over right? once that I thought was interesting. Yeah, like I mean, even with that scenario with the body, there was like a dozen different ways that scenario could play out. So yeah, and I I do like. Based off your like your stats, your dialogue choices, your checks, it, all of that. I'm convinced that like there are semi failure states. Like 
there's this kid throwing rocks at the body and the game gives you every opportunity to just punch this kid in the face. And I was like, I'm not going to do like, I didn't want to do it, but not because I thought I would get a game over, but because I genuinely thought that like, it's what the kid wants me to do. And I'm not going to give him that satisfaction. Like, right. Yeah. So I, I am in character and I do think it like uses the trappings of like a traditional tabletop RPG in some ways to do some cool stuff. And I like that a lot. Yeah, and I do think, like, this game needs to be played, like, you don't need to, like, think about the game, if that makes sense. You just want to think about what you do yeah. or what the character would do in that moment, but, and the game will sort of, like, naturally lead you on the appropriate path. I, I am afraid, because it's been a couple days since I last played it, and I am afraid it's going to be something where I, like, have no idea what to do when I turn it back on, and I'm dreading that. So I'm probably going to wait until this weekend to play anymore. Yeah. But yeah, I well, don't know. I hope uh, I, don't, I hope it picks up for you. Yeah, I, I don't hate it. I like, you know, you know me. If I hated it, I would. I yeah. if I hated it enough, I would have finished it in one sitting. And if any, and a little bit less than that, I would have just put it down forever. But I actually plan on finishing this over time. I'm gonna take it a couple bites at a time until I build up an immunity to point and click games. Right. You wanna you wanna take? Yeah. So I can go next. So. I've got a couple uh couple of items in the stew as it were, right? So yeah. I'm playing a couple of very long games that I will probably not talk about until I finish them. We're talking like 80 plus hour games, oh, right? So You want to name drop any think, of them and then not talk about them too much? So I I mentioned Witcher 3 before, yeah. right? Like maybe last episode or something. And I also started playing Divinity Original Sin 2 with some friends. Okay. And that's really I didn't cool. know it was a multiplayer game. Maybe I should have known that. Yeah, you can four people can do that. Is it, is it like a D&D kind of game almost? Yes. Okay. That That's cool. I'm I, very I look very to D&D that. inspired. Yeah. So still at the beginnings of both of those. So like I would probably not expect to hear about those for a couple of months, but just know that they're percolating in the background. One game I do want to talk about though is jojo's bizarre adventure all-star battle r is this arc system i don't know it is a traditional like fighting game which i am not good at right because like <laughs> i never really played i don't games. know i think you whooped me pretty bad at dragon ball fighters yeah okay but like we're still both like okay but like i'm not garbage of that game bad at it i'm just not like like i won a couple but, matches like, online it, and it, stuff okay let like, me put it this way like if if anyone put any effort into learning like one combo, they would be better than us. You know, I knew like, combos and fighters, and I was like pretty good at Frieza. Were you? I yeah, I think <laughs> I think you were better at that game than you're giving yourself credit for. Maybe, or maybe yeah. you didn't beat me. I might be wrong. I might be thinking of somebody else. I don't remember. Yeah, it's been a while. So um, it is a fighting game, right? So it does have like combos and stuff like that, which which is cool. And I I, I do like this game enough to where like I feel like I want to get good at it. I still have yet to win an online match, so that tells <laughs> you how bad I am at it. But like, how old is it's it? very cool in the sense that um, so actually so this is a re like mastered PS3 game. Ah, so this game is now out on modern consoles. It is 60 frames per second as it should be. Uh, the net code has improved and it has characters from all eight parts of Jojo. The roster is massive, right? And that's the sort of like what drew me to it, right? Like the attention to detail and like just the love for Jojo is like very evident in this game, right? Like every single attack, every single movement, even every single like idle animation is a reference to like a panel or something from the manga. That's awesome. So like it's, it's very much a love letter to Jojo and it has, Pretty much any character you'd want 
even a little like have any desire of being right like so like obviously all the characters from like the like the ripple arrow like jonathan and joseph and like the vampires like dio and like do you have like multiple Dios and acdc yeah there's two dios okay cool uh like and like all the stands too and it, it's interesting because like they implement the mechanics differently right so for people that use hamon or like the ripple they have like breathing so like they can use hamon breathing to like fill up their meter right but no other character can do that right because they have like control over their energy or whatever and for stand characters you can press r1 to turn your stand on and then r2 um, r1 again to turn it off i'm talking in terms of like ps yeah playstation controls but like your combos change based off whether your stand is out or not so that's another layer of complexity for stand characters and and what's funny is like some characters don't fit into any archetype so some characters have their own archetype of which they're the only member which is really funny uh, like I think Dio from part one is a vampire and there are no other vampires in the game. So he has like unique mechanics. God, that um, must be a nightmare to learn. Like yeah. at a high level. That's, there's just so much. And uh, gosh, what else? There's a minor character duo from part five, right? Which is two characters at once. And they're the only character like that as well. So they have their own unique mechanics, stuff like that. Part seven which you probably don't know because I, I, you, you like dropped out pretty early on JoJo. I right? dropped uh, before I even got to the mansion in part three. Okay, yeah. So JoJo, just FYI, keeps getting weirder and weirder. And that's one thing I really love about it. Part seven is a horseback race across the United States while collecting the corpse parts of Jesus Christ battling the president of the United States. <laughs> So uh, that's what part seven is. So every character for part seven has a normal mode and a mounted mode where they're on a horse. No. So you can just fight while you're on a horse. And the main character and have horse is a paraplegic. Yes, the main character is a paraplegic this is, in that part. This is a 2D fighter, right? Like not like a Soul Calibur. I think, is it a 2D or is it a full 3D? When you say 2D, do you mean like, you know, like left, right? Only? Like like you're you're only moving left and right. Like you can't move forward right. or backwards. Right, so you can yeah. do like... Yeah, you can you could, basically right. You can do like dodges yeah. in the third dimension, but that's basically it. Okay. So it's a Tekken, um, I believe. But uh yeah, so like all the mounted characters have their own archetype. So whether or not you can like summon a horse, which is like pretty goofy. That's so cool. Um so yeah, this like I said, this game, like it, like it would have been really easy to just not have them be on their horse and have them be like stand fighters, but they have their horse and they have their stands, right? So like a lot of love went into making this game like very accurately match like the JoJo series. And I really, really like that and respect that. Man, what else? Yeah, like the number of characters in that game is just bonkers. Like it can't be overstated that like if you have a character in JoJo that you like, they're most likely in this game. Like we're talking like vanilla ice is in this game. We're talking like so it's like the the Budokai Tenkaichi three of JoJo's kind of. I mean, not to that extreme because I don't think any game matches Budokai Tenkaichi three in terms of like play as Frieza henchman number two. You, you can't play you know? as the background character from the uh, mall episode in uh, part three. Like, let me let me put it this way: you can play as Speedwagon from part one. Nice. 
and he has his own uh he never even fought in uh, the show, archetype as well exactly right like so he just sends out like his goons to attack oh that's so because he used to be like a gangster right yeah. like before he met jonathan so like it's like that level of like okay even speedwagon right like it's it's ridiculous <laughs> but yeah i I'm, I'm really digging it i've been playing th- it's got like a bunch of modes right like it's got like your traditional versus modes it's got like a tournament mode it's got like a single player mode where you play like through iconic battles in the series as well as like what if scenarios it's got um like a gallery mode where you can view like character info and stuff online obviously an arcade mode where you just like fight enemies like one after another and you're scored based off your performance so it's very much like it's it's got a lot of things to do and if you're if you like fighting games right like fighting games that require like learning combos memorizing inputs that sort of thing and you love jojo this is the perfect game for you so one of those things i'm really into the other like i've always really respected and liked fighting games but it's just like I don't know if I'm willing to spend the time to learn combos and stuff. To, but, to do the grind, you might one might say. Yeah, to 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 yeah to grind out the combos. But yeah, as far as the JoJo aspects of this game go, they really really nail it. So definitely huge thumbs up for me as a as a JoJo fan. And uh, I'll hand it back over to whoever has another game. Do you want to go again, Mike? I guess I'll talk about Mech Warrior Five. I I briefly tried to play that game and I couldn't get into it. Um, it's kind of slow, been, right? Like, it, I mean, you're piloting big, big mechs. It's not terribly slow, but it's it starts off a little slow. It feels like you're playing a tank, kind of, right? Like, yeah, you're driving around a yeah. 40, 50 ton tank that is designed to fight other 40, 50 ton tanks that walk didn't. on two legs. That did not do it for me. Yeah. So it I does tried. feel a little slow, but you do feel very lumbering and powerful powerful that's like what i'm hoping armored core doesn't feel like i'm hoping armored core is a little quicker it might be but i mean i i've been enjoying mech warrior i i enjoy the universe a lot so just being able to exist no mech warrior 5 it's a 40 dollar game i might be thinking of mech warrior online it's a 30 dollar game actually i'm sorry yeah it's a full 30 dollar mech warrior online's the uh the free-to-play online game mech warrior 5 is a uh Mech Warrior 5 is a single-player game that kind of exists. Yeah, I bet 5 is better than online, if I had to guess. It does have co-op, but... Interesting. No, I'm having a lot of fun. The the way it works is that all of the missions are randomly generated, and you just pick up contracts and go. Oh, that's cool. But... So it has, like, quote-unquote infinite content in that way? Oh, yeah. I mean, there is a campaign with a story, but the story is kind of lackluster anyway. I've just been having fun piloting my mech around and almost getting my arm shot off in every engagement by the little walking trash cans. You have a lot of customization and stuff you can do. There's there's a good bit. There's mods that enhance it too. Like I have a mod that makes the, the mech lab a little larger so I can add more th- content to my mechs. Yeah. But honestly, it it plays really well. The combat's a lot of fun. I, I started playing Rock'em Sock'em Robots with another mech that decided to walk right up to me. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. It's a blast. What's the gameplay like? Uh, the best way to describe it is you are you're driving a tank that happens to have two arms and two legs, for the most part. And it's, it, it, they're not humanoid mechs, right. are they? They're like... They're, they're humanoid. 
Okay. Most of them are fairly humanoid looking, but they control like a tank. Like your torso and your legs operate independently of each other. So it's tank controls. Yeah. yeah. So you could be walking one way on one mech. Most mechs have a torso limit where they can only twist about like 180 degrees full rotation from um, one end so to the you other. You find yourself like having to whip around the other side. Yeah. There are, there are certain mechs that have a 360 torso twist, but they're the exception and not the rule. Yeah. Most of them fit like a 90 to 180 degree torso twist, and so your weapons can only aim in an arc. But I've had a lot of fun with it. It it can get difficult, and some of the design quests uh, produces like questions for me. Like, why am I fighting so many vehicles and not enough big robots? But <laughs> it's still early in the game, and my big robot killing skills are not high enough to kill a lot of big robots. Is it a long game? Like... <sighs> I don't know. I feel like it is, though. Hmm. Like, I'm just start. I just started playing it. No, I'm sitting here thinking, there's, like, room for a cool mech roguelike, I think. It definitely is. There's, there's, uh, there's room in the world for that. I might have to think about that a little bit. I do know, though, that <laughs> the only bad part about Mech Warrior is that after every mission, I lose a substantial part of my gains, and sometimes all of them repairing mechs ah that's one of those that's yeah like if i if i lose a mech during a battle and i don't have insurance from the mission contract when i negotiated it (laughs) i'm gonna probably lose money on it god i don't part of me thinks that sounds really cool but part of me think that sounds really unfun (laughs) i'm kind of mixed on it if you negotiate properly and you expect like sometimes i one mission i just lost a mech out of nowhere and i'm not sure what killed it but it did die so yeah. I had to pay and wait 20 days for it to be fixed. I'm just thinking, like, is is business negotiation a fun game mechanic for me? I'm not sure. It's it's contract negotiation. You only do it once for each contract. Yeah. And it's it's just a, a PIP system. So you get six six PIPs, and you can throw it to whatever you want on there. Okay. Like, you could throw a PIP to a combat airstrike available, and then throw, like, three PIPs to damage, damage coverage. So not getting the insurance is kind of like a huge gamble. Like yeah, it's you're, a huge you're gamble. Very confident. You're, you you're confident you won't lose much. Like I usually get one or two pips in insurance, and usually it covers most of the damage. But uh, lost mechs, like a couple, uh, like a million dollars. Yeah, I like so, that. Yeah, that's cool. It's the only reason I lost money. Yeah, I wanted more salvage, and I'm not getting anything good for salvage. All I'm getting is <laughs> trash cans. Yeah. Well. I think I'll jump into my second game. I've been revisiting Death Stranding recently. Oh man! And it is uh, it is with great alarm that I report I kind of like it this time. Kinda. You're on the donkey arc. I don't think I'm playing it the way you played it though. Like, I'm not laughing with the game, but I am having a good time laughing at it. Like, I think it's very silly. And it's a oh, it's totally silly. It's a cool way to. Do, un- do you think I took that plot seriously? I don't know. I everybody calls Kojima a genius, and I'm just like, oh no, no, it's like the most <laughs> absurd, stupid thing I've ever seen in my life. I think it's very silly, but, and I don't really understand what's going on mechanically or narratively. But the vibes, though, the vibes are good. Uh, it what? Well, yeah, it's been basically like I've been playing multiplayer games with my friends, or maybe solo sleeping some Sea of Thieves, and it, it'll be like. 
eight o'clock or something and I have a couple or, or maybe even nine o'clock and I have an hour or two to kill before I'm ready to go to bed and I want something like relaxing to play. I fire up Death Stranding, I complete a few deliveries, I see some weird unhinged stuff happening, and I'm like, yeah, this this is a, this is not bad actually. I kind of I'm starting to get it yeah. and I I don't know if this is like I don't know if I'm ready to say I even like the game that much, but I think I am ready to say I'll probably buy Death Stranding 2 on launch. Like I don't know. Ladies and gentlemen, we got Yeah, it. I think I I don't get it, but I do like I don't know, as like a game that is pretty big and just something to turn my brain off at the end of the day. I, there's so much I don't understand. I don't know what the likes are for, and I don't care. I don't like, I have all these deliveries that I like don't do. I just don't bother with them because I don't understand what the reward is. So I, I only do the story right. ones. And like, I'll do the other ones if they're on the way, just because like, I think it's kind of fun to give myself because because this is not a challenging exactly. game on any level. So like giving myself a small amount of challenge in like just routing, I guess is yeah. I mean, l- let me let's be honest though. Some of the deliveries can get challenging. I don't know if you've reached that point yet, but like I have not come across. I mean, the entire challenge of this game is just traversal and figuring out how to get past so terrain. I, I just finished the so. fragile chapter, so I, I think I'm still I'm trying to remember kind of early in the game, like. So, so like, here's one challenge I ran into that, like, it doesn't even feel like... It feels like the game wasn't trying to be hard here. Like, a guy handed me a package, not through the normal channels, and, like, I was supposed to realize that this was a bomb and that delivering it would do something bad. I did realize that, but I couldn't figure out what I was supposed to do with it. I thought I was supposed to give it to Fragile, but I couldn't find Fragile on the map. Turns out Fragile was right there on the map. It's just there's so many icons on the map that I couldn't find her. And that that's like one of the examples where I'm like, maybe this game could have used a little more work. Like, I don't know. Like stuff like that. That just didn't feel yeah. like like I knew what to do. I knew how to do it. I just couldn't like the information was there and I couldn't find it. And that just felt silly. I also like why don't why don't they just give like it's a game about planning a hike. That's the game. Why is there not a topographical map in the game? Like, the 3D map thing that shows on your map screen, it is kind of difficult to, like, tell how steep an incline is going to be from that map. And I, like, just give me a topo map. Like, I'm an Eagle Scout. I could read it. And I, like, I don't know, man. I'm actually pretty good with maps. And uh, I don't know if that's like yeah, an intentional I mean, like, I think, challenge. Yeah, I feel like part of the part of the challenge is like reading the map, sort of getting a vague idea of the landmarks you're going to be traversing, and being like, okay, I'll stock up on this many ladders, this many whatevers to 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 get past it, this many ropes or whatever. I also like. I th- I I think that's part of the appeal, but it has been a while since I visited Death Stranding, and I do wanna I do wanna play the PS5 one before the next one. Comes it it out, is so. a pretty game, although. It is a pretty game in some ways. Like, graphically, is very impressive. I don't think it gives you anything interesting to look at that often, though. Like, the landscapes are pretty samey. Uh, and, like, yeah, the, the facial animation is not very know, good. There's something about the emptiness in that game that is, like, yeah. peaceful to me. I enjoy the emptiness in that game. Yeah, I like it. I don't know. The game's fine. I, it definitely got more fun once I had vehicles and, like was making yeah. the decision to take or not take a vehicle. And also, like, the servers went down. They gave it away for free on Epic Games, and that's where I've been playing it, uh, because I was able to put it on my Steam Deck as well that way. 
and uh, the servers have been down. So oh okay yeah so no social elements yeah the game was much better once like roads were built like I wasn't the only right. one building the roads and it actually like yeah that that asynchronous multiplayer kind of thing it has going for it is 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 interesting right because like I, I it's seeing a road slowly get longer the game also doesn't work without it in my opinion like yeah I mean it I mean that was one of the core tenets of the game yeah so. And so, like, playing it without the server was, like, arguably more challenging, but really just it took me longer to get everywhere. Like, yeah, I don't know. I have not hit... A, you say there are challenging deliveries. I haven't run into... I have I've not game-overed. I have not... Well, I did game-over because I couldn't figure out what to do with that bomb, and I just blew up the city. But I don't really count that. That's funny. Because uh, I, you know, I couldn't tell if, like, maybe yeah, I... I think w- once you get into, like, the mountains, some of the deliveries are harder. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not going to be, like... Yeah, like, there was one where I had to park my truck and get out and climb a hill. Like, and that... But I don't... That wasn't a challenge, really. It was just, like, I, my truck couldn't get up the hill. Like... Yeah. <laughs> I, I still don't, like, call that a challenge. It was just, like, vaguely more interesting, I guess. But I do, like... I don't know. There have been a couple parts where, like... I was, like, driving my motorcycle across a huge empty field, and a, an acoustic guitar started playing, and I was like, you know what? I get why people like this. Yeah. And I just think maybe it shouldn't have taken me... Maybe they should have put something like that a little earlier in the game. I don't even think... Like, it wasn't even that late in the game. I just... You know, it wasn't, like, one of those you have to play for 10 hours before you get to the good part, because the good part is just walking. I just think... Maybe like the o- the opening could have been a little stronger, but I I do like it. I will probably finish it, and I'm like invested in the characters. Like Fragile story is interesting. Higgs is an interesting character. I want to know who the soldier is. I don't. Would love to hear your thoughts on Die Hard Man. Yeah, I don't really care about him at all. <laughs> uh, could not care less about Sam. He's just an annoying whine whiny baby. His name is Sam Porter Bridges. Yeah, he's very annoying. Get it. I also, like, I know the twist, which is kind of annoying. Like, you know, I know that, like, he's not going to get what he wants when I get to the West Coast, and that makes me sad. Like, I, I wish that had been a surprise to me. I And, and like, I see some foreshadowing for it, and I, I'm curious whether or not I would have picked up on it if that hadn't been spoiled for me. Do you know what's funny to me? Like, I barely remember anything about this game's story. Really? Like, the main thing I remember is, like, the hiking. Really? That's yeah. interesting, because I, I... I mean, of course I remember, like, Princess Beach, because, like, who could forget yeah. that? I think the little but, stories are kind of interesting. I think it delivers on them pretty poorly. Like, there was one I did recently. There's, like, the Scrap... The Scrap Man or something? The Scrap Junker or something? And he's a guy who builds stuff out of scrap, and he's in love with someone called the Chiral Artist, I think. Or maybe it's the Chiral Artist's oh, daughter. Oh, I vaguely remember this. And, yeah, like, they're like, I, I looked everywhere this. for you. I looked everywhere for you. And you can, like not quite see where one is from the other like it's not a very long walk they did not look very hard for each other yeah like i and i forget the reasoning but like no one goes outside anymore yeah i guess because of the time rain or whatever yeah the time fall yeah and like part of me gets that but part of me is also like why did i have to carry her like Obviously, I'm there to protect her. Why did I have to put her on my back and carry her? <laughs> like, you can walk. Your That's legs your work. <laughs> That's your, your. It's your honor as a FedEx man. Yeah, it was. It's a weird game. It is a. It's so weird. Like it's it's Kojima without any 
anyone to say no for better or worse. It also like it takes you a very long time to get guns. And I briefly was like, cool, I have a gun now. But now, like, none of the enemies are anything. I just shoot them and they're gone. Like, yeah, yeah, the guns, like, totally destroy the enemies. Yeah. Uh, what was I gonna say? Like, don't you make grenades out of, like, your, your blood your and your poop and your blood and your, and your poop? Yeah, and your yeah. dead skin, I think. Yeah. And that was, like, so weird. I think that's stupid, but if, like, if Fragile can teleport, maybe I can make a grenade out of my poop. Like, I don't know. That's, like, your power, yeah. I guess. Yeah, I'm starting to remember some plot twists, but I, I, I like, I, if you asked me to tell you the plot of Death Stranding right now, I could not do it, like for sure. But but I will like I just remember like moments from that game. I'm having a good time with it. That's probably what I'm gonna play when we're done recording. Like, I'm not like addicted to it. Like, it's not. I don't look forward to playing it at the end of the day so much. It's more like just a nice chill thing to do when nothing else is going on. So, yeah. Something that like. Like, you can complete a delivery in Death Stranding pretty quick and just be done with it. And it's also a very easy game to, like, it's not keeping me up at night. It's not exciting. There's There are very few exciting moments. And, like, the combat is so boring. Like, you can just straight up mash the punch button and you're going to win. Yeah, the combat is really bad. Yeah. But, like, I, I try not to be in combat. Like, when it, whenever I'm, like, trying to... Whenever I find like actual other humans, I try to like play it like Mel yourself. Yeah, it's probably more fun past that way. Him. I'm just really bad at that, so I keep getting caught. I also like I don't know. Sometimes I just don't want to deal with it, so I just like plow my truck through the middle of their base because it's the fastest route. And like sometimes that works, and sometimes they deactivate my truck and I fall out of it, and I have to like yeah. fight them until my truck reactivates. And I, I get that they're punishing me for not playing the game they the way they want me to, but also like. I don't know. I just wanted to like. I just wanted to see the weird right. cut scene at the end of the delivery. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a very weird game. That's the best way to put it. I wish I. I wish people talked to their real delivery drivers the way they talk to Sam. Like I wish when FedEx showed up. Oh like, yeah, I like could, everyone. Everyone thinks Sam is like the best. Yeah, you like, know? like it's just like what you're doing wow, is amazing. This package yeah. is in such good shape. Thank you. Like maybe they could stand to hear that a little more often. They, you know yeah and, and I, well i don't even know i've never delivered a package in poor condition so i don't even know what they say but like i i yeah yeah because the game's not hard <laughs> like, yeah it's it's oof. or at least not I'm yet i'm telling you I, I remember later on yeah some of the missions will be harder like some of the stuff Same. you unlock is like like they make a big deal that i can like tell like i i can predict weather now i could tell where time fall is i have not looked yet because i just don't care like I just put everything in my truck and I drive right through it. I do not care. <laughs> like That's funny. And like the stuff is very durable. Like I hit a cliff and I was like, "Man, I know that it's supposed to be hard to get off this cliff, but I'm just going to see what happens when I drive my truck over it." And everything <laughs> was fine, and I just kept going. That's that's really funny. <laughs> yeah. But I'm I don't know. I I do like it. There is like a sandboxy element to it too Yeah. that you can like try things and and it, it is I, it is cool how like more and more mechanics just keep getting added the more you play. So like by the time you're in the, like the last third of that game, you have like so many traversal options, and it just keeps getting more fun because yeah, more options means more fun. I have no idea how long it is, and I don't really want to look it up because I think it's one of those games where like the weird surprises are the best part. So yeah, I would agree with that. Well, that's cool. Like I'm glad you uh, gave it a second sh- chance. Yeah, you're checking it out. That's all I got for it. That's not bad. 
All right. So I think that's it for the first episode of the year. Thank you, Connor and Mike. You can follow us at Ad Podcast Game Talk on Twitter. Apparently, you all don't listen to this, so I'm just going to end the episode. Uh, <laughs> according to Connor, at least. I, I have had re- multiple reports from multiple people that had no idea we had a Discord because they just... I know a lot of people that, like, where you timestamp stuff sometimes. Like, they'll just listen to the parts yeah. they wanted to hear and then turn the podcast off. I mean, that's fair. You know, yeah, that's, that's why the, the timestamps yeah. are there. So No, I think, I think yeah, you kind of hit it out of the park on that. Well, we, we, we snuck one in at the beginning, so... It did sound like a robot, though. Well, that's Follow point. us on Discord. Yeah, that's just my voice, dude. That's, it's just, it's just that's the because way I am like. a robot, actually. It's <laughs> just enunciated it, weird. All right, well, see you later. Bye.